Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson, lead pastor of Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Come on, church. Cool church. Amen. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Let's first of all honor God because we're here. We made it here. We're healthy. We're happy. He is good. He is faithful. So let me hear you make some noise if you're thankful for God's goodness in your life, for his faithfulness in your life. Amen. Amen. And of course, Of course, let's take this opportunity. I cannot bypass this opportunity to honor our leadership, Pastor Terrence, Pastor Joanne. We love you, we miss you. Church is not the same without you. And I am just so humbled and honored that you would entrust me um, with this opportunity. And I just appreciate your leadership, the way that you lead. Um, You guys both lead with such integrity, such passion, um, and such love for God. And so, I am excited for today. You guys could go ahead and sit down. I am so happy to be here with you guys. Okay, so um, as Pastor Terrence said, my name is Yadiana. You guys could call me Yadi. It's just, you know, easier to remember. That's fine. (laughs) Um, I am here on staff at Cool Church, okay? And I believe that God has given me a word for you all today, I know it. He placed it in my spirit. I've been living through it. And so when Pastor Terrence, you know, asked me to do this, right? Of course, I was freaked out. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. But um, I automatically knew what God wanted me to speak about because he had already been stirring it in my spirit um, for the last few days. And so um, also, welcome. We're, let's give a shout to like our online family. They're not here, but they're family. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and being with us today. So, you know, um, this season, we, we know like tis the season, right? We're, we're excited. Christmas is around the corner. This is the happiest time of the year, right? You know, we hear songs about it. I'm not going to sing one because I'm not going to do that to you guys. I can't sing. We're not doing that. But, you know, we hear songs about it. You know, we feel the excitement when when we walk into the stores, unless you wait till like the day before Christmas, then you feel like excitement and probably anxiety and stress and a whole lot of other things, right? Um, But you feel the excitement when you walk into the stores. Usually you're making plans with your families, right? People literally wait all year for this time of the year. And if I could be honest, I'm, I'm actually one of those people. Like, I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. Like, I'm one of those fall people, even though in Florida we don't have fall. In my mind, you know, it's still fall, whatever. Um, so I'm like one of those people that put up, like, I put up my Christmas tree, like, on November 1st. Uh, who feels who me? Like, who started Christmas now? Is it? Okay, thank you, Miss Pedrica, you know. Yes. So it's not that I ignore Thanksgiving. I just start Christmas November 1st. I take a pause for Thanksgiving and then we proceed with Christmas, right? Like it's just that season. But, you know, I would be so naive to not acknowledge the fact that this season that is like the happiest time of the year for so many people can also be a really hard time of the year for others, right? 
you know, like, what do you do when you're supposed to be, like, in this happy mood, right? Because everyone around you is so excited and they have holiday plans, right? But this happy time of the year becomes um, a testing and a challenging and a sad one for you, you know? What happens when you can't seem to get into the Christmas spirit because life is hard, right? The truth is that the happiest time of the year for so many is one of the hardest ones for so many other individuals. And having joy right now, it's a challenging thing. Like, let's just, even looking back at this year, right? Like, we already know, we, a lot of us feel like this is 2020, like, all over again. This year, last year, so much has been happening. So I understand that having joy right now can be challenging for so many. But I believe that God has given me a word for those of you that are going through the test, that are going through the trial, that are having a hard time with finding joy in the midst of everything that you're going through, right? And so if you're taking notes, this message is titled, Count It All Joy. Okay, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out. We're going to be reading from James 1, 2 to 4, and it says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I love that in the New King James translation, that first verse says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through tests and trials. All right, let us pray. Father God, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you for who you are, God. I thank you for your kindness and your goodness and your faithfulness, God. And I thank you for every single person that is here that is tuning online, Father. I pray that right now, Lord, your word would consume them. Your spirit would overwhelm them, Father God. I pray that I may decrease so that you can increase in me, Father God, that people's lives would be transformed by the word that you have given me, Heavenly Father, that minds would be renewed, that hearts would be restored, Father God. And that in this season, anyone that may be dealing with any trials and challenges, anyone that, have, that may be feeling depressed and sad and lonely, that they would be reminded of the joy that we have in you, Father God. I thank you, Jesus. It is in your mighty name that I pray. Amen. So, you know, as we have been saying for the last few weeks, um, this time of the year is a hard one, right? So many people are struggling with depression. So many people are struggling with anxiety. I mean, we have, like, the series that we have been on, that's what it's been about, right? The both, um, both and but Jesus first. We acknowledge that there's so many different things happening, especially in this season, that can affect our mental health. And we've been talking about how to include God in that process, right? Because this stuff is real. You know, right now, um, I know so many people that are dealing with grief in many forms, myself included. You know, people have lost loved ones, dealing with sickness, loneliness, financial situation. Literally, the list goes on and on. And then here we have James telling us to count it as joy. And I'm going to be honest with you. When, you know, the Lord brought me to this verse as I was going through my trials, you know, like, some of you may or may not know, you know, if you're on social media, you know, like, we all know the whole viral soldier boy, like, the Drake, right? We all know that. That's how I felt, like, joy, like, 
who has joy when they're going through a heartbreak, right? Like who has joy when their marriage failed, when they lost a parent? How do you, how is it possible for you to have joy in the midst of carrying heavy burdens, right? How is counting it joy possible in the midst of the heartbreak, the trials, the troubles, the grief and the sorrow? You see, James is telling us that there is nothing in affliction that should disturb our joy. You see, I get it. I know. This verse is absolutely so much easier to read than it is to live out, right? Because as we've been saying, like, how is it possible to have joy when you don't feel like having joy, right? We're human. It's a part of our nature for trials to produce grief and sorrow. I mean, even Jesus went through it through this, and Jesus is God, right? In his humanity, he experienced grief. When we look at John 11, when um, Lazarus died, we know the famous Jesus wept. He experienced this. So the reality is that this is something that at some point we're all going to go through, right? But I'm here to remind you that as children of God, this does not have to prevent you from rising up with the help of the Holy Spirit and rejoicing in the midst of troubles. You see, James is not dismissive to the reality that we're going to have trouble, that we're human, we're going to feel sorrow and grief, right? That is why this, the first exhortion that he makes is to bear trouble with a cheerful mind. And at the time, um, it's believed that the first readers of this epistle was Jews that were going um, through a lot of persecution and through many troubles, right? Because trials are typically not an occasion for joy. And most of the time, they're not enjoyable. I mean, who here likes to go through trials and likes to go through hard times? I mean, if you do, then I'm, you know, we could talk later, like, I'll pray for you, because, you know? But nobody really goes out looking to endure hardships. They're difficult. They're painful. They don't feel good. But they exist for a purpose. You see, I know that during this season, so many of you are trying to find joy. And I believe that in order to learn how to count it all joy, there are certain things that we must understand about joy. And if you're taking notes, the first is this. Joy is a heart condition. You see, in Greek, the word for joy is hara. I hope I said that right. This describes a feeling of inner gladness, delight, or rejoicing. Many times, people confuse joy with happiness. They may feel the same. You know, some people think they're the same, but they're not interchangeable. Happiness can be an, an emotion dependent on a situation. Joy comes from within. Joy is a spirit of the fruit. That's why Galatians 5, tells us, but the fruit of the spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. It's an attitude of the heart and the spirit, regardless of what's going on around you. You see, we could look to the Bible for different examples of people that understood this truth, right? We could look at King David, someone who dealt with depression, who dealt with the consequences of murder and adultery, who, who was, um, you know, who Saul tried to kill, who people made fun of. Yet he found himself at the feet of the Father. In Psalms 30, 11, he says, you have turned my mourning into dancing. 
You have loosened my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. And the NIV version, it says, you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. You see, even, David exper- even though David experienced betrayal, loss, shame, his response always ended up being one of praising God and rejoicing. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, always be full of joy. Never stop praying. Whatever happens, always be thankful. This is how God wants you to live in Christ Jesus. In Philippians 4, 4, while in prison, he tells us, rejoice in the Lord. I say, always rejoice. You see, the apostle Paul and King David caught the revelation that joy is an internal experience. Joy isn't about walking around with a big smile, right? Acting like everything is all good, you know, like you blessed and highly favored, right? When people ask you how you're doing, you're like, it's good. But in reality, it's not, right? You can have those emotions. You can have those moments because inner gladness leads to a cheerful heart and a cheerful heart leads to a cheerful behavior. But joy is so much more than the outside appearance. Joy is an inside thing, right? So I feel like too many of us have not been able to experience joy in the midst of the storm because we've been so confused with, we've been confusing joy with happiness. You see, you've been waiting on an emotion that is dependent on the outcome of a situation. When in reality, you can have joy despite of the situation and the outcome. You see, you think that your joy is going to come when you receive the healing that you've been waiting for. You think that your joy is only going to come when you purchase the house that you've been wanting to purchase, when you get the promotion that you've been wanting, when you get the job that you've been waiting for, when your marriage is restored, when you find your husband or your wife. But I'm here to tell you that you can have joy even if you can have joy in the middle of waiting. You can have joy even if your marriage is not restored. You can have joy even if the, if the healing doesn't come in the way that you thought it was going to come. Joy is delighting in who God is and in his goodness, even if things are not good. You can rejoice because you know that he is still good. Joy is a heart's posture. Say amen. You know, you, Amen. Right? So the second thing that we need to know about joy is joy comes from the Lord. Jesus tells us in John 15, 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Nehemiah 8, 10 says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, when I know where the source of my joy is, then I know who I could put my confidence in and who to fix my eyes on. You don't rely on the temporary things to give you the joy that you need because those things will fail you. You see, many people have not been able to experience joy because they have been looking for earthly things like money, education, family, friends, relationships, status, to be their source of joy. And those things, they're good, but they're temporary which means so is the joy that it promises, right? That is why, I'm sorry, but Jesus, Jesus isn't. Jesus is eternal. And what he offers is eternal. And that's why Paul writes in 2 
Corinthians 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is unseen is temporary, but what is unseen is internal. The Apostle Paul is letting us know that it's a waste of time to put your confidence in anything but Jesus. You see, if I could be real with you guys, the last few months, I have walked through the hardest season of my life, and I, I'm 28. I've been through stuff. You know, I've been through the abuse. I've been through the betrayal. I've been through the bad. I've been through stuff. But a lot of people don't even know that I've been walking through the hardest season of my life because I don't look like what I've been through. My joy doesn't come from what God has or hasn't done for me. My joy doesn't come by, from what I have or what I don't have. I made an internal, I had an internal experience with the one who is joy. So I delight in his goodness, even when things are not good. I made a commitment to gratitude regardless of the circumstance. Maybe some of you right now here need to make a commitment to gratitude despite of, right? Rejoice in who God is, knowing that the joy of the Lord is your strength and that no matter what is happening on the outside, just like David, your mourning will turn into dancing and you will be clothed with joy. You see, joyful people make a commitment to gratitude regardless of the circumstance because they know where their joy comes from. And my third point is this, and the band can actually come up. Um, we're going to go back to the first verses that we read in James 1, 2 to 4. The third point is, joy through trials produces maturity. James 1 through 4 tells us, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see here, James gives us a command. The command is to count it all joy when we face trials. But then he goes on and he tells us why we should count it all joy. The test and the trial produces perseverance, and it helps you mature. That's why we should count it all joy. You see, there's always a bigger picture with God. We know that his ways are better than our ways. He knows the beginning from the end. And so trials have the potential of producing something good in us, even when it doesn't feel good, even when we can't see it, even when we can't understand it. And that is why we have the opportunity for expressing joy. Too often we see trials in a negative light. We think that joy cannot exist in hardship. Some of us even consider the hard times as a curse from God or a punishment for our sins. But in reality, they're an opportunity to joyfully mature into Christ's likeliness. And that is what this is all about. Maturing into Christ's likeliness. You see, I have a testimony to share with you guys, to share a little bit of what I've been going through. Is that okay with y'all? So, you know, as I mentioned before, this has been the hardest season of my life. Um, in July, my world literally got turned upside down. 
Um, my mom was rushed to the hospital um, where they proceeded to tell us that the cancer that she was healed from two years ago had returned. And not only had it returned, but it had spread to her brain. And so she had a really big tumor that needed to be urgently removed. Now you could only imagine during this time, my dad was at home going through COVID. Everything was uh, shut down um, because this is when like everything kind of spiked up again recently here. And so nobody was able to even go see her. So she spent three weeks in the hospital. Um, the surgery happened. Praise God, she was able to go home and she started her recovery. But then two months later, um, we had to rush her again to the hospital and they found another tumor and it just so happened that the cancer started to spread quickly. And so she had to go through another brain surgery in the same place in less than two months. And so that surgery happened she was able to come home a little bit quicker, praise God for that. But then two weeks later, the same week that she started her first, um, I don't know what you call this, set of chemo, um, a few weeks later, which happened to be the week before Thanksgiving, um, we had to rush my mom to the hospital again because she had a brain attack and a stroke that was a result of an infection that occurred because of her um, second brain surgery. So my mom spent a few days non-responsive, you know, intubated. And during all of this, I was still here. I was still serving. I was still working. I was still showing up, right? Three weeks ago, my mom departed to be with the Lord. And it's been tough. It's been very hard because people see me and they don't know what I'm going through. I think people sometimes forget that I'm going through things, but I am going through things, right? I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing a time of grief. And so many people have asked me, how have I been able to like navigate life, navigate faith, during this time. You know, I never stopped coming to church. I'm here today. You know, I never stopped working. I never stopped serving. And I don't say that to toot my own horn because this is not about me. I say that to let you know that the joy of the Lord can be your strength because I know that I have not been able to show up if it wasn't because of God's strength in me, because if it wasn't because of his grace. You see, my answer to people that ask me how I have been navigating life, how have I been going through grief and still have been showing up and seem to be okay, is that I decided to count it all joy. I am going through the test and the trials. I have been going through the test and the trials for several months now, but I refuse to let it be in vain. I decided to go through the fire that refines me, that refines the faith in me, the kind of fire that the apostle Peter talked about in 1 Peter 1 through 6 and 8, he says, in all of this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, 
These have not come so that the these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with impressible and glorious joy. I want to tell somebody in this place that the fire and the furnace, it's not in vain, that the tests and the trials, that they're not in vain, the sleepless nights, the worshiping when you don't understand, when you don't get it, the crying out to God, the trusting God, the declaring that he is still good, even when it doesn't look good, it is not in vain. The thing that you thought was going to break you, God will use it to heal you, restore you, and complete you. You see, Psalms 35 tells us weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You see, you understand, when you understand what joy is, where it comes from, you could decide to allow the hardships, the grief, the sorrow, the heartache, the loss, the difficulties to produce a powerful perseverance in you and maturity in you that lets you know that you lack nothing. Even in loss, you have everything you need. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You have everything you need in Christ Jesus. You see, I don't know what some of you are going through today, but I believe that there are some people in here that have been trying to find joy in the midst of the storm. You know, many of you are wanting to share the joy that many of us are experiencing. But the truth is that that's only found in Jesus. That is all that you need. And that's all what this is about. This is what this season it's about. This is what Christmas is about. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about the fun dinners and the nice gift. Those are great, but it's about the greatest gift, Jesus. The one who gives us joy, the joy of the Lord, the one that sets captives free, the one that overcame the world. Jesus tells us in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, we all have the opportunity to experience this joy, this joy that restores, this joy that gives us strength, a joy that remains constant in the unconstant world. Not only do we have the opportunity to experience joy, but we get to experience peace, comfort, freedom, and salvation through the greatest freely given gift that is Jesus. You see, it's a gift. None of us deserve it. There is nothing that we could ever do to earn it. Ephesians 2.8 tells us, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. It's a decision that you make in your heart. Romans 10.9 tells us, 
If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you see, I'm going to make a call to anyone that wants to receive Jesus, the one that gives us joy, the one that saves, the one that makes us whole, the one that makes us complete. This is your opportunity. And I'm not promising you that when you receive Jesus, it's going to be all rainbows and butterflies. I'm not promising you that you won't go through grief, that you won't go through sorrow, that you will not go through hardships. But I am promising you that when you have Jesus, you have everything you need and you lack nothing. He will be with you. So if there's anyone in here that wants to receive Jesus, Lord, as your Christ and Savior, I'm going to go ahead, ask you guys to bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to count to three. Online. This is a call also for you. If there's anyone that's tuning in online that has not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior and is wanting to receive him. When I say three, I want you to go ahead and raise your hand. One, if you want to, if you want to declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity. Two, if you want to be able to experience that joy that I'm talking about, that joy that gives strength, that joy that restores. Three, go ahead and raise your hand. No one looking. It's just you and me right now. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. 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 Praise God. You already raised your hand. So I just want you to go ahead and take another bold move and just come up to the altar. I want to go ahead and pray with you. If you raise your hand, go ahead and come up to the altar so we can go ahead and pray. You already made the decision. You raised your hand. If there's someone next to you, you could go ahead and ask them if they want you to accompany them up to the altar. If you're online and you decided to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's going to be some prompting on the screens that are going to come up. I want everybody to go ahead and stand up. As we pray, we're going to say a prayer for everyone that raised their hand. And then we're going to just say a, a corporate prayer. Everyone join me. Dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it. I admit it. And today, I lay my sins down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sins. I ask you to accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Amen. I want to go ahead. Um, first, if you answered that call, which I know some of you did because I saw your hand, you could go ahead and there's a table outside and we have some tools and we have some gifts that we want to go ahead and give you. We want to connect with you on your journey. We want to go ahead and be there with you and pray for you. So you could go ahead and visit us at the, um, at the table outside. But I want to say a prayer for anyone that's in here that may be experiencing grief 
hardships, struggles, maybe believing God for a miracle. I want to pray that during this time, you would be able to experience the joy of the Lord that gives you strength. Father God, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for who you are, Lord, and I thank you that you never leave us and you never forsake us, Father God. You know what our burdens are, God, whether we voice them or not. You know because you created us, Heavenly Father. And so I pray for everyone and anyone under the sound of my voice that has been dealing with grief, with sorrow, with heartbreak. Father God, I pray that you would go and consume every single area of their heart, Lord God, their minds, Father that your supernatural peace would reign over them, Heavenly Father, that you, Lord God, would begin to give them a joy that strengthens them, Lord God. I pray that your grace would be sufficient in this season, Heavenly Father, that when they look up, they would not even know how they've been doing it. They can't even take credit for doing it because they know that it's you. It's, they know that it's you that has been empowering them, that has been giving them the, the, the strength and the joy and the restoration and everything that they need, Lord God. And I just pray right now, Lord God, that you would draw near to us, O Heavenly Father, that you would speak to us during this time, Father God. And I pray, Jesus, for anyone that is dealing with any kind of sickness, Father God, I thank you that you are a great healer. I thank you that your word remains true, Father God. I thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would, would, would be revealed in our lives in a new way, Father God. I thank you for healing being manifested in our life, Lord God, in the physical and the spiritual and the emotional, Jesus. We just thank you, Lord God. I pray that we would be reminded that you are the reason for this season, Father God, that we would not get consumed on on everything that the world has to offer, but that we would keep our eyes on you, Father. It is in your mighty name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.